Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. This is Uncle CB here. Um, and we've got Victor Speck on the other side. Yo, 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 what's up? But, man, um, why – you keep switching your name. Which one are you going to use, Uncle CB or Benson? You better pick one. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm using Uncle CB because that's my Instagram. But, yeah, Benson, guys. What's good, guys? What's good? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. I don't know, man. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm having an identity crisis right now, right? Like, so I don't know what you think. You know, United is doing things to you, man. When you watch this team, you lose who you are, bro. That's like the, <laughs> Manchester. <laughs> the motto of Manchester, man. You watch us, you lose who you are, man. Seriously, dog. Um, but on a serious note, yeah, bro. Like, yeah. Uh, it's Benson, anyway. So if you want to call me Benson, great. If you want to call me Uncle CB, all G. I'm adaptable. Doesn't matter. Um, but uh, we got some footy to talk about today, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, some real, I don't know, some real I, don't know, I don't know what we're going to start with, but... Uh... Uh, well, we have easy ones to start off with. I think we'll start off with Manchester United. And then we're going to touch on um, Chelsea right after, bro. So it's just the two of us today. We don't have no uh-huh. special guests. We're just taking it back to old school, um, mm-hmm. bringing it back, you know, bringing it, bringing it back to, the, to the to the Calgary Bros two way cast. <laughs> yeah, man, Calgary Bros two way cast. I don't know Calgary Bros three way cast. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Just the two of us that's here. <laughs> How you say? Huh? What'd you say? How's it three way if it's just the two of us that's here? All right. I said, no, we're not going to be taking it to three. And you know what? Just forget about it, bro, man. I don't want to be talking about this shit right now. But uh, before, actually, before I, we even jump in, yo, just want to talk about last week. Because last week, we spent a lot of time uh, watching the Calgary Nations Cup. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, man. What an exciting tournament that was, eh? Mm-hmm. That, that was, was exciting. A, tournament. Yeah, that was a very, very good tournament, uh crazy how it ended because i thought poland was gonna take it and but then el salvador ended up winning you were dick riding poland so hard bro like let's be real poland 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 has in our opinion in my in still and still in my opinion they have the best team in that tournament they had the best team in that tournament yeah, they did um, but uh they, te- technically wise i would say it's el salvador that had oh, the yeah. best team no 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 i think i think a lot of people are missing it no when you say technically no 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 no. actually poland actually in my opinion actually even had the best technically the difference um is the final results came down to one simple thing um and it was just yeah the goalie for el salvador made save after save after save after save but the difference, um, why, why, why I liked El Salvador was El Salvador played um, some of the best football in the tournament. They moved the ball well, you know, tiki taka esque, but not quite. But like you know, very good penetration, uh, um, and also I like the way they transition as a team. They, those guys are so fit, man. They go oh, yeah. up together, they come back together. It was just, you know, you can you can feel the love of football you know, coming from them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Poland being the massive favorites, they won it the, in 2019 or 2020, uh, yeah, right 20. before COVID. Um, right. And they had, uh, in our opinion, uh, the best team. They're all, their guys are like, I think the shortest guy on the team was like, what, five, 
five eight, five nine. The, the, the shortest guy in the team was Tarko. Yeah, it was Tarko. Yeah, yeah, the guy who who you were dick riding. Um, and then there was like, uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's a he's a really good player, man. He's a he is a, really, a, a really good player, but you are you are doing it overdoing it too much. But anyway, the the rest of the team was like six four, six five, like big freaking tall dudes. Like they reminded me of old uh, old Germany. You know, back in the day when we used to play Germany, and when you see them, oh my god, everybody's like six three, six four on this team. Right, um, and that was kind of the Polish guys. They have some really big, strong guys, and they're very direct. They don't play around. Mm-hmm. Very, very direct team. They go. Yeah. They don't. They don't try to mix it up or do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Salvador, you know, who would start beautiful uh, Latino, Latina flavor football in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Polish team just like batter you with like speed and power. They were, yeah. Anyway, but it was a good tournament, man. Absolutely, it came down to that final, that final stretch with that goalkeeper. That keeper is from MRU, eh? Is he? I was doing, yeah, I was looking at some some stuff today, and I was, uh, I was actually going through the MRU side, and he's actually with, uh, no, not not MRU, he's with Cali's. He's a Cali's boy. Oh, Cali's boy. Cali's yeah, boy. he's yeah. there. He's there. He's their number one keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, he. He, yeah, he was he was a very good, <coughs> very good uh, goalkeeper. He played, he played phenomenal that game, and he ended up uh, saving like I don't know ten shots. I I think either like they weren't they didn't look like they were gonna go in, but you know the saves were that good that um mm-hmm. you know that they uh uh that if he wasn't there any other goalie maybe would not have saved. As many as he saved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was yeah. he was a baller, man. But I the the best game for me, the best game for me, I know, like you know, before we jump in, but the best game for me was that Chile against El Salvador game, man. You missed, oh, you missed that game, that game five four, man. Like oh, I, I watch, I watched it on uh on the oh you watch oh yeah, on because you can watch it on the app, right? On the, yeah, 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 yeah. Bitflex. Yeah, yeah I, I watched all the games because I have a pass for it, right? So. Nice, yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it was it was a crazy game for sure. But uh, I I also watched that Canada one. They got did man. That ref really messed them up. Yeah, big yeah, time. yeah. No. She was bad, man. She was bad. I usually I usually like to back up refs, but um, that was one of those that I just said, nah, you you messed up this game. And and hopefully, as you said the other day, like hopefully QSA will review how poor uh some of the the refs have been. Mm-hmm. That way they can like say, look, this is this cannot happen, right? Um yeah. like uh the example was the one for Nova where <clears throat> Bilal got like a red for a header, <laughs> like challenging yeah. a header. And it wasn't yeah. like he had his hands up or anything. Mm-hmm. It was like head like header to head, like he didn't do anything. Yeah, he got a red card, and he was the smaller guy in that challenge too. Yeah, I mean, he could be the smaller guy and try to hurt somebody. I've seen. I mean, remember what Mane? I can't remember was it Mane against Christensen. I can't remember yeah. who it was. Um, mm-hmm. But he can still be a smaller guy and like almost hurt somebody, right? But this mm-hmm. literally wasn't any of the sort. He mm-hmm. literally just jumped up straight up, and uh, you know, he got a red for nothing. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, it was, was kind of crazy. I really do hope that, you know, maybe 
Kisa would tell, you know, like uh, these refs to actually just watch these videos and look at how they did so they can review their performances and then let them be honest. We didn't make the right calls uh, at least 90% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree. I hear you. I hear you. I said I, I don't like to rouse on referees too much. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think referees get a lot more stick, especially with players who are trying to get um, a buyout, an easy way out, right? So mm-hmm. um, I always tell the player, take care of what you can, and, you know, the referee will not be an issue. But mm-hmm. in the, some of these games, the refs were actually being a clear-cut problem, um, yeah. you know. So, yeah, big time. Good. Cool, man. Anyway, let's get right into it, man. Congrats to El Salvador, you know. I will, yeah, yeah, next, congrats, next, but I, next I, Nations Cup should be good, though. It should be very yeah, well. It should, it should be good. It should be good. But let's move on. Let's move on. I, I don't think a lot of people are here to, you know, chat about uh, El Salvador so who, or games who, they didn't watch. If they want to watch the games, uh, you know, or maybe you can link up the, the application for them to go check it out. I think it's 15 bucks to sign up yeah, uh, for yeah. the past. Yeah, but, for the uh, past fourteen dollars, yeah. And yeah. who knows, man? Maybe, maybe I'll end up sending this uh, podcast over to Cusa, and then they will probably, you know, listen to it as well. Whatever, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool. If they want, I don't give a shit, man. Gotta, Fuck I you, gotta, Cusa. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I, got, I got a good relationship with them, so. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. All righty. Um, let's get right into it. So uh, Manchester United against Everton. Manchester mm-hmm. United lost 1-0. If there ever was a game that was written <laughs> us, <laughs> that, that we were going to lose, that we were going to lose, this was the game. Um, before I, I, would, I would give you kind of an insight. So before the game, uh, there was, um, I, I don't know if somebody posted this, I think on uh, Twitter or uh, whatever, and they were showing how on IG somebody messaged uh, Ricardison directly, like direct yeah. DM in his DMs. <laughs> and then Ricardison messaged back, yo, saying, bro, we would need all of you there, man, like right away. And then one of the other guys, the guy who on Twitter was uh, said, oh, my God, they're already cooking. They're getting ready for us, right? <laughs> and, the, and, then, and then the guy, and then the the, the person that tweeted, uh, Rick Carlison, was like, yes, don't worry, man. We'll have all the boys up right there waiting for you to, you know, to, to, to cheer the boys on, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it was, like, written in the stars that mm-hmm. this team was going to beat Manchester United. The environment, um, the the environment, the atmosphere was just buzzing, man. Like, like they all, everybody woke up just ready to beat Manchester United today. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I actually, I actually called this too. I actually said I was like, man, these guys are going to lose this game. I'm like, uh, especially again, I think they were talking so much shit on the group chat after Chelsea lost to Real. I was like, just watch, watch you guys lose to Everton. I, I still, I still don't know where United fans get this um, cockiness. Like even from Akinde, this is Akinde keeps telling us that, oh, we're not gonna make top four, and then he goes out, talks <laughs> shit, and then he's the first person to get on the on uh, the the <laughs> on Twitter. IG on yeah. Twitter. He's freaking out, man. Like. 
he's like losing his shit. I'm like, bro, like, well, maybe if you didn't talk shit earlier before the game, you won't be you won't be losing your shit this much, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's how people get so upset. It always starts with somebody like talking mad shit, or oh, we're gonna wreck them, uh, Lampard is ass, blah blah blah, this, and then next minute they get pumped and then they start <laughs> blowing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Anyway, but the 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 yeah, you're you're right. The energy was electric. Like Everton were dead set center uh, mm-hmm. to win this game. Like it, I, I, like United looked like they were huffing and puffing. Like kind of, like usual mm-hmm. huffing and puffing. Maybe a couple of good shots. Not not no really glare chances. Maybe some half chances. Yeah, um, United had uh, they had a first a first chance with Rashford. Actually, I think it was at the nine tenth minute, and. Uh, Pickford saved them, bro. That was clean too. Yeah, but but as I said, like some of these chances were not even real chances. I I think if you put Mendy or whoever else on that net, they will mm-hmm. save those chances. Um yeah. it's just the team fucking like the team is not only bad, but then they're also kind of looking at the other part where they just I know a lot of people like to say, oh, they don't have the I I've been hearing people say, Oh, they don't have the intensity or desire or anything like that. I'm like I didn't really they notice that it. this game. They brought it. Uh, the the reason yeah. why. So um, remember when I was saying this a while ago? I said Everton have injuries, man. They have injuries and they have red cards and a whole bunch of stupid shit that they should not have. But that's been affecting their play because Lampa can't call on those players that he really wants to. You got to see Febindel finally after like what three months. <laughs> After two, three months, you finally months got to see. Yeah. But no, after that long. Yeah, but and, I, and, I, yeah, I also call that though. I, yeah. I call that because I remember saying that one one time. I'm like, look, these guys are these guys have injuries, and firing Benitez was stupid because he doesn't have players to go with. He still has yeah. to play games yeah. with freaking youth setup uh, or guys who are on his first team. But anyway, mm-hmm. you carry on. Yeah. And then, um, which is crazy, Michael Keane actually played today too. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, Because usually I'm calling for Michael Keane to get benched because he's been like the enemy of progress. But he actually did pretty good. It will be stepped up as well. Richarlison did his thing. But Anthony Gordon, man, his, his work rate is like crazy, man. I don't know mm-hmm. how old he is, but like this kid is like showing some serious promise for sure. And this Everton level, at least, you know, like he's showing that he can be something. And uh, usually we always say it will be like being such a bad play. But ever since uh, the past like three, four games, yes, he's made some really stupid mistakes that cost Everton. But he also created a lot of chances, man. He's also been creating a lot of chances. So um, The thing is, if he can be consistent with it and just minimize and cut off those mistakes, then I think he'll be fine. Because, like, he's been balling, man. I don't know what it is, what spirit came into him. Maybe it's, like, a time to, like, rejuvenate his career or something. But he's actually been doing some work. And then, obviously, you know Rick Collison and his his work rate. And he would just run and he would, like, have chances on chances and try to make things happen, right? And, um, but... This game really came down to just one single one single moment. Anthony Gordon smashing that ball, hitting off Maguire deflection inside the back of the net. That was it. <laughs> After well, that, it was like... 
Oh yeah, it came. It came. I would even say before that it came down to one simple moment. It came down to um, uh, what they call it, uh, Matic, uh, coughing up the ball in the midfield, which Mm -hmm. led to a break, a counter, a counterattack. Now, um, there's two things. Like Matic was actually playing quite well, you know, holding the ball, doing his thing. But I'll say one thing: what I noticed. So Fred had the the ball in the midfield, and prior prior to prior to all this stuff, right? Prior to all this stuff happening, I said this like you know, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't tell this to any person, and in fact, and in fact, I actually didn't watch the game live. I I, I didn't know the score. I yeah. I slept in because I was like, fuck this, I'm not gonna wake up for United. I just know it's United. I'm not gonna wake up for it. So yeah. I slept in. Didn't turn on my phone or anything. Once everything was done, then I uh once I got up in the morning, then I actually caught on the game. Yeah. Um and uh uh you know, so I wasn't I didn't have the benefit of really watching it live, but I didn't know the score either. Still, yeah, yeah. as I was watching, I was like, this team isn't utilizing width or utilizing yeah. width properly, that mm-hmm. it makes that it's that it creates penetration, that is creative. Um and uh, that gives the the forwards like Rashford, um, you know Ronaldo, the opportunity mm-hmm. to to score. Anyway, Fred had the ball in the midfield, and Fred had one chance. He looks up. I mean, he doesn't look up really. He looks, and he's it's like not only him, but the rest of the team are just thinking so forward that they're like nobody's like looking at the corridor that you know either Aaron Wan Bissaka. Is available at, or maybe mm-hmm. sometimes tell us sometimes it's available. Mm-hmm. And we had the ball, and it's not just Fred, but Fred had the ball, and then he plays it into Matic. There's like two or three guys there. This is stuff, right? Like this is stuff that I, I'm, I absolutely drill into our kids. I'm like, move it wide. Look for width first. Football mm-hmm. is width. When you stretch the field, then the uh, then the the corridors in the middle will open for you. But if you're going through the middle every time, then people are just going to, you know, stay there. And I guess a team like Everton that is compact, they're, you know, they haven't gotten a win for God knows how long. They're, they're, they're thirsting for a win. Mm-hmm. The least you can do is, like, try to stretch them as much as possible. Yeah. Any opportunity you have. And maybe they don't, it's because they don't trust um, Aaron Wan Bissaka. Maybe it's because, you know, if you had the load on the pitch, they would have trusted him a little bit more. They would have fed the ball a little bit more to him. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that would have been the thing. But still, it still doesn't mean that you don't share the ball with the guy out wide. It's like, the, remember the thing I told you the other day, like about, um, I don't know if you remember this. It was like a long time ago. I told you about when you have a player that is not that is out of confidence, is not performing well. You the have to you can, condition him. Exactly. You've got to condition him. The least you can we do. Just had, we just had this talk like two, three days ago with like uh with Kenny, Midnight, and all those guys. And they usually they'll say the bad players, we don't pass the ball to them. I'm like, that's the wrong mentality to have. You weaken you exponentially weaken that side. Yeah. Right? Exactly. exactly. You you there has to be there's a reason that person is on the pitch. Maybe the person is quick. Maybe the person is strong. Maybe the person is is uh, uh, extremely technical. You know, mm-hmm. yes, they may have specific skill sets that they lack, but give them the ball because that still is a corridor for you. If yeah. you keep forcing it one way, the teams will read that and they will punish you based on that. And this mm-hmm. is the thing. And 
and maybe they don't trust Aaron Bambisak, I don't know. But, you know, maybe it's Ragnik's tactics, which is centered around verticality. So they're always looking for that straight pass all the time. But mm -hmm. it marks a lack of intelligence. I hear people say, oh, you know, the United team, they, they, don't, they don't have the desire. This is the worst I've seen. You know, no passion. And I'm like, it's not really that. Like, what I saw on the pitch was basically a lack of know-how or a mm -hmm. lack of intelligence. You know, right. I'm, I'm sure... I'm 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 sure these guys are not going on a pitch and like oh let me just you know um a stroll around the park you know for the day no I'm sure they don't and th there was one player that showed that and and I'll get to him in a bit um but uh uh anyway Fred try to force the ball through the middle and then guess what happened counter Bang. counter goal right mm -hmm. so just a lack of intelligence. But on that part where they say, oh, they're, you know, they're kind of strolling on the pitch and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who's that? Like, is are you talking about Ronaldo's the one that's strolling on the pitch? Are you saying Telles is strolling on the pitch? Maybe Juan Bissaka looks like he doesn't care. But I, I, I didn't really see that these players didn't care. But except for one player. Who do you think that player was? Um, I, I actually missed them. I, it cut out for like 20, 20, 30 seconds. Oh, really? Oh, shoot. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what the hell's going on. But anyway, I said, like I said earlier, like there's the, I didn't, I don't think any person was lacking the desire that I'm hearing people talk about. I just think people are lacking in know-how, except for one person that for the first time, he felt like this person should not be on the pitch. Like he is lacking clear uh, he doesn't have the desire to be on the pitch. Who do you think that person was? Juan Bissaka? No. So, so it's not Juan Bissaka. It's not. Juan Bissaka actually, like, ran when he could run. Uh, yeah. It was it was actually, it was actually Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba got on, got on the pitch because Fred got injured. Uh -huh. And when I saw him, I was like, this guy is gone, man. And I've never... I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that come up and be like, "Oh, Pop Pogba is useless." Blah blah blah. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't. I think it's. I think it's BS. I just think that Pop Pogba has a style of play, and some of it does not require him bursting around the pitch, killing his, tearing his hamstrings just to be able to get to that next ball. But there were some things he did, like for example, Anthony Gordon had the football, dribbled him, and mm -hmm. then he just like took him out. Like he didn't even have the. He didn't even want to run. He just mm -hmm. took him out. And I was like, yeah, bro. And I looked at his face, body language, everything. And people said, oh, it's the same body language. No, I know Pogba's body language. This time, it felt like, nah, brother is gone, man. He is so gone. Um, and um, I look back and I'm like, imagine we kept this guy. When we had another player that we could have been working on right now in Donny van der Beek, um, yeah. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not one of those crazy Donny van der Beek stands that, you know, go out there and tweet all this, like, Donny van der Beek must start, blah, blah, blah. I just point out that, look, Donny van der Beek is an option that's available. He has a, you know, a long-term contract that is still in effect. And you've got a guy, Pogba, who effectively wants to leave. Rather than playing mm -hmm. the guy that wants to be there, you guys keep playing, you know, uh, this guy that doesn't want anything to do with Manchester United. So, yeah. um, uh, uh, his body, Papa's body language was like, oh my God, he's gone. And I now mm -hmm. got news. There's news now that, um, that is reporting that, oh, possibly that, uh, PSG, Papa is going to be going to PSG, which is mm -hmm. like, huh? Wow. He's actually going to be going to PSG. 
I don't know if he's going to be PS- going to PSG. I still think, you know, that Real Madrid thing might be still on, but mm-hmm. he hasn't shown himself in good light. And I think Real Madrid are kind of like, yeah, we're moving on from you because, you know, Mino Royella is a fucking prick. And then you, um, as a player, are absolutely fucking useless. So mm-hmm. um, for the first time, man, I'm like, wow, Pogba is gone. And, you know, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. you can really say about it. But I don't want to make this too much about uh, Manchester United right now. I think uh, there's some other aspects we're going to touch on. But uh, real quick, Frank Lampard finally gets, um, you know, a win. And yeah. obviously, you know you know me, I'm very, very critical of him. And there's a lot of people who are very critical of him. I think, I don't think he's the right manager for Everton, to be honest. I think he's... Um, I think he's uh uh what they call it uh I think he he needs a specific type of team but yeah. Everton Ever, Everton is not it and Everton made a stupid mistake getting him I I keep saying this they should have they should have stayed with uh Benitez but mm-hmm. there's one there's one interesting thing that I saw um apparently him and um uh what they call it, Gerard have almost similar <laughs> uh win percentages or something 31% uh, uh, or 30, 31 to thirty three percent between both of them. Not, not, not big of a, di- not that big of a difference. Yeah. Um, but you obviously are a stand for Frank. Uh, how do you think he did in this game? I think he's done good, man. Honestly, um, back to like the the past few games, he hasn't done bad, man. He's actually like picked the right team. But the only thing that's been was you know like. He can't call on some people, and as well, people are making some really silly mistakes, right? All the silly mistakes have cost them. If not those games, they should have won, right? Even the three, even the three-two game where Burnley beat them, that should have also not been a mistake there. If the guy had just controlled the ball and cleared it out, that ball would have never gone to the other player to go and get that chance again, right? There's just mm-hmm. been, I think he's been like very unlucky. But my assessment of Frank. Um, is basically, I think now is not the time for him to instill an identity. Now is the time for him basically to work on basically just steadying the ship and keeping them up until next season. Then in preseason, then you do you start to work on your identity. Right now, you just need the wins on the board. That's it. Maybe he might be able to do it with this with this uh, with this style of play, like you know, very aggressive and very high press and all that, but. Maybe it's just against Manchester United. You know, never know what's gonna be when he plays Liverpool next week, and and uh, or in the next couple of weeks. I don't know exactly when, but it's coming up pretty soon. And uh, I just think, like in time, like I I've always seen potential in Frank. Like that's why I I say okay, you know, like I support him. But obviously, like when he makes like. Um, you know, crazy decisions like trying to go and make an identity in this part of the season where they should really just be focusing on just getting points and staying above the fucking relegation zone and surviving. That's where I kind of like, man, you got to adapt a little bit. I know you want to instill the identity, but just chill. Do it in preseason when you survive. But for now, just get the points on the board, right? Yep, get the points on the board. I think out of all these uh, young uh you know, British managers right now, or English managers, let me say, uh, yeah. to be honest, um, you know, I like Frank Lampard, actually. I don't, I don't, I don't have a hate on him. I just think he's just not as good um, of a manager. And I think probably 
He needs like he doesn't need a relegation set type of team. He needs sort of a mid table team that mm-hmm. there's no crazy pressure on, and yeah. then uh, he can uh, you know possibly thrive. But not one person I think that uh, really gets slept on is Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe, I think, is a phenomenal English manager. And, I, and oh yeah, yeah, he's, he, been, yeah. he's, he's, show, he's showing. Remember how we were like Eddie Howe is just gonna be a scapegoat. He might actually just be the one to take him to that next level because he seems like I, he's I think, adapted. And now maybe he's the guy to now push him forward, right? I think Newcastle are still going to move on from him, though. It's just like Newcastle probably maybe they'll have him steady the ship one more year or something mm-hmm. then get rid of him and then get somebody else uh, with much more of a pedigree. Yeah. As much I don't agree with that. I think they need to stick with him but yeah knowing these clubs like remember city did it to uh mark hughes right yeah, after yeah. they did it to mark hughes they moved on and then they got um you know roberto mancini uh mm-hmm. and the rest was history right so yeah that's the thing um but yeah uh just to kind of touch on a couple of things real quick before we uh segue out um you know news with ten hag is picking up steam it looks like it's gonna be ten hag uh, you know, barring anything, what an appointment. Um, looks like we're going to be getting uh, somebody actually knows football and knows how to coach football, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is crazy. The other news, too, I'm also hearing is Paul Mitchell, or not Paul Mitchell, but like there's a deputy director, kind of like a sporting director that yeah. will kind of that will, that will assist John Morto, um, is uh. He's been in the looks right now. So they're looking at a director, a sporting director, a guy that can come in and actually, um, you know, look at this club from a real, from a thoroughly, um, uh, from a, uh, from a football perspective, like really dig through, um, you know, the football inside. And, uh, and that's what we're hearing. So lots of changes seem to be coming, but it's United. You never know what's going to happen. What's happening with Ole? Is he gonna go to the to the uh, front, like the head, or what's going Ooh. on with him? Uh, what's not Ole? Uh, Ragnik, Ragnik. My oh, guy. I was gonna be like, I was like, Ole, get that, don't bring that dude back. <laughs> but uh, no, um, Ole. Uh, now I'm thinking Ole Ragnik. Uh, Ragnik is still gonna maintain his consultancy role, from what we're hearing. Okay, but. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Right. Ragnik is Ragnik is pushing for Ten Hag. Mm-hmm. He's also pushing for Christopher Nkunku, from what we are hearing. But I I oh, try not to get into the big player, man. Yeah, I try I try not to get into those rumors because then you now start to like wish for it, right? You start hoping that that comes yeah. through. You start hoping that. I think he's he's Nigerian, right? Um, I think he's French, uh, but probably Nigerian heritage. It's yeah, background. Because, it's because background. That 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 last name Nkunku. Yeah, it does sound like it, but I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not sure. Whoever mm-hmm. can do that research can figure that out. Yeah, there was a lot but, of high kicks in the Everton and Man U game, eh? Uh, yeah, high kicks, but um, I don't want to talk about that. I want to. I want to. Let's not talk about the. We're moving on from the Everton Man U game. You know, United United lost one 0 I don't want to get too deep into that. The other thing I wanted to actually bring up um, was um, the the second piece that I actually want to you know get us uh, focused here is there is a new 
um, uh, what they call it, um, protest that is on the works now. So there's this group called the 1985, and I kind of did my research on them a couple of months back when they first came in. And mm -hmm. they they started off right off the bat starting shit like, we don't like fan cams, we're kind of against fan cams and, you know, um, against basically anything that um, doesn't fit their, fit their ideals when it comes to how they support Manchester United. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now, these guys who seem to be alienating fan cams and, you know, somebody once said, oh, you, you don't like the fan cams uh, that you don't like, but there's, you know, some fan cams that you like. And if you don't know what fan, when we say fan cams, fan cams are these guys that go out after games, they go and then they record people who speak to them and, you know, they talk about their football team. Mm -hmm. Not like, not really my cup of tea, but I mean, you get to get different variety of opinions from match going fans and get their own, you know, thoughts on what, uh, uh, what they think. Right. So <clears throat> anyway, um, some of the big fan cam, you know, channels are obviously AFTV. <laughs> we all yeah, know, yeah. we all love to make fun of those guys. Um, another yeah. big fan. Yeah. Another big fan cam for United is the United stand. There's yeah. also, there's also the Stratford paddock. Um, so, these these channels spend time on YouTube and they just talk football from a from a fan's perspective, right? Like yeah. not from a you know experienced. Sometimes they get experienced people on there to get some good journalists on. But anyway, so these the nineteen eighty five now all of a sudden and I'm like, look, regardless of whatever you know avenue you come in, we want to protest and we want to protest against you know the glazers and all this stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting there, and I'm like. Rob, like, you guys started all this beef about, like, you don't like a section of the fan base. As I said, yeah. fan cams and stuff, not really my cup of tea. Like, I will watch I will watch people talk about United. I will watch different opinions. But, but maybe uh, some of the some of the opinions that come out of there are some, like, wild-ass shit. And, like, when mm -hmm. you hear them, like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Um, but, but, but some of them are actually pretty funny. So I, I kind of tune in and I watch what they, what they do. And I listen, I listen to the Stratford Paddock, um, on, on, um, on, on podcasts and stuff. So, <clears throat> you know, I, but I have nothing against them. Right. But mm -hmm. the feeling of this 1985 is sort of like an elite fan base mentality. Then now they're calling for the fan base to get behind them so that they can do this protest. Now, the other thing too as well, they're hitting the right notes. They're calling for unity, which is what I've always asked for from this Manchester United fan base. Mm -hmm. And then number two, um, they are they don't they want the Glazers out, which they're hosting a protest, which I fully am behind Glazers out. But I'll mm -hmm. say this one thing: where were these guys when we signed Ronaldo? Yeah. Right? Where mm -hmm. were these guys when we signed Sancho? Where were these guys when we signed Varane? Yeah. Where where were they when Manchester United uh ran up uh, a fan share fan share scheme where the fans can get shares? Um they would give them a certain percentage uh Glazers would give Ma uh, Manchester United fans a certain percentage of uh of the shares in the company. Um mm -hmm. uh, and then they can, you know, grow their stuff from there. Where were these guys? I did yeah. not see them anywhere. Yeah. Because they were getting you what you wanted. 
Then mm-hmm. it comes all of a sudden, top four is gone. Hey, wait a minute. Let's talk about, you know, um, Glazers leaving the club. It's like, guys, like, it's either you keep on doing, either you keep on protesting or you don't. I remember, I think you and I, we came up here when the last Liverpool game got shut down against yeah. Manchester United. And we yeah. said, it is pointless for us to keep on, you know, and, and for Manchester United, from from for my, for my club, it is pointless for us to just do this once and not do it again, yeah. right? And one mm-hmm. of the other re- one of the other reason too, why I was kind of against the whole Ronaldo purchase, and people could hate me for saying this, and people will, will say, "Oh, you're not a real fan." I've heard people tell me that you're not a real fan because you're not happy uh, with Ronaldo coming back. And I'm like. The Glazers are playing you guys. Like, can't you mm-hmm. guys be past that bullshit? Yeah. They are playing you guys. And nobody, when I was beating the drums, nobody came out and said, yo, Benson, you're right. You're right. Everybody were like, come on, man. Ronaldo's coming back. Come on, can't you be happy for two seconds? It's always have to be negative. I'm like, it's not negative. It's just that the, the reason for them purchasing Ronaldo is not, like, it's like, hey, if it's if it's sporting and it works, then it works, right? Mm-hmm. But the the amount of pull we will get back because Ronaldo is back, my goodness, you know what I mean? The yeah. the, the the shirt sales, dude, you have no idea how many people I I was seeing. They're like, yeah, I will never support this club. I mean, sorry, I will never support these glazers, glazers out. And then they were wearing new, brand new Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo seven kits you have no idea how many people we're we're saying all of a sudden we're gonna go watch that first game that ronaldo's back viva ronaldo viva ronaldo you have bro like there were so many fucking people who were like all behind you know basically the glazers because Mm -hmm. bought them their favorite toy they bought them their favorite toy now all of a sudden they're like hey we're not signing nobody now and then we're out of top four. Now you guys want to complain, and this is my thing. Look, I said I'm behind. The, I'm behind protesting. I'm behind Glazers out. But my God, man, like you, you this, can't just you can't just pick when you want to do it. It has to be it, consistent. It has to be consistent. You have to be. And I think I don't think this is the best way. Like I've educated myself a lot now, but I don't actually think protesting is the best way because the Glazers are not going to lose. They're not going to give up and say, "Oh, you know what?" All of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, you know what? They're right. Well, let's leave this, you know, beautiful business venture and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just uh, 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 sell the club for, for, for pittance when, when, when they know they can keep making money off the club and then whenever they choose to sell, they can sell for, like, ridiculous sum, sums and make ridiculous profits out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, when, why you pick, you can't pick and choose a moment. You have to do it all the time. You mm-hmm. have to, like, Week in, week out, all the time. The other thing too you can do, yeah, you're a season ticket holder. Maybe you don't want to lose your 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 seats for for um, uh uh you know for Manchester United. Don't go to the games, bro. Seriously, mm-hmm. don't go to the games. <clears throat> they keep saying, "Oh, well, if I don't buy my season ticket, somebody else is gonna buy." Then let them fucking buy it. Let somebody else support this business venture, right? If mm-hmm. not, shut up. Go to the games and watch the freaking games. Yeah, sing your heart out, Glazers out, while you give them season ticket money every single year. It's up mm-hmm. to you. You you have the choice to do what you want to do. 
Right. I'm not gonna rag. I'm not gonna rag people for like having an addiction to pain, right? I'm not gonna rag them for it. Look, you spend your hard-earned money on Manchester United, you know, but then later on you complain about the Glazers, but then again you buy brand new kits, then it, you buy merchandise. Like, come on, guys, you go in there and then you buy their food and the beer. How do you think these guys are making money? And yes, people say, oh, you know. Not going to the games, it's not gonna, it's not gonna do anything. I agree with you. Not going to the games really is not gonna do anything because there's gonna be somebody else waiting to take your seats. There's gonna be somebody else waiting to do that. The other way is it, seriously owning shares in the club, and mm -hmm. there you can now start to make meaningful decisions on maybe how things are run and all of that. Yeah. And that's the only way is to is to is to uh, entrap the club by by getting shares by getting. Mm -hmm. You know, getting uh, rich stakeholders who can come in, purchase those shares, and actually now really look at like you know, fugazing the club from from you know from from the from the investment side. That it really is is your only hope. It really mm -hmm. is. Apart from that, nothing else is really going to work. But if not, if you were really serious and if you really had meaningful um, uh, and you wanted meaningful change at the club. You cannot, they cannot sign Ronaldo and then you're like screaming, Viva Ronaldo, Viva Ronaldo. We're going to win the Premier League. We're going to, everybody better watch out for us. We are the best team in the thing, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, now come up and say, hey, um, let's protest. You can't do that, you know? And if you want to mm -hmm. do it, more power to you. But then you're just another hypocrite. Let me go see how many, how many of you bought brand new kits? How many of you have that beautiful, and I think it's a freaking gorgeous kit, the blue and the yellow? The, the dark blue and the yellow, not the light blue. The light blue is kind of, eh, I, mean, I don't mind it. It's, 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 it takes us back. But that blue kit, the dark blue and the yellow kits that they wear, oh, my God, that is fire. I'm not going to lie. That Even I was like, man, should I really change my stance on not buying or purchasing kits anymore? But I didn't buy no kits because I'm like, nah, screw this shit, man. The Glazers mm -hmm. you know, are screwing us over, and, and here I am thinking about buying new kits to support their cause when I'm right. complaining about them, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so th that fucking shit grinds my gears, man. When, when I saw that, I was like, I can't believe the, how spineless, you know, our fans are. And then mm -hmm. after, then they'll say, Glazers out, Glazers out. I want the Glazers out. You want the Glazers out. We all want the Glazers out. Can we just stop helping them in any shape or form? Maybe. Don't go to the freaking games. They say, oh, they're saying we're going to stay outside for 17 minutes and then come back in. How the fuck is that going to work? 17 <laughs> minutes? Bro, you, you paid a ticket, homie. And you're going yeah. to feel, you're going to basically come late to the game. What the fuck? Anyway, <laughs> look, whatever, man. Like, they can do whatever they want. Like, look, is there, is there, let them express themselves in any shape or form, legally or whatever. But you will not, if you really want to see some real change, just fucking don't go. Yeah. Straight hit him, up. Hitting with the hitting with the money is that. Yeah. Don't yeah. fucking go. And, and 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 maybe if you have tickets that you already paid for, right? I paid for these tickets. I'll look like a right Muppet if I don't go. Uh, I mean, uh sorry, if uh um um if I you know if I don't renew or whatever. Maybe you want to renew next season, maybe with Ten mm -hmm. Hag coming in. Or you know, possibly Ten Hag coming in. It's not set in stone. You know, maybe mm -hmm. possibly Ten Hag coming in. Maybe you'll get like um uh what they call it, uh 
better football and a better uh, system and the Glazers finally respecting the right things to do. Um, yeah. and, and, and maybe all those things will happen. But, um, you know, sit at home. Take your ticket. Don't pawn it off to somebody else. Don't try to resell it. Just take your ticket and stay home. Go out. Go for a nice walk or something. I don't know. If the game is on, take your take your kids out for something else. Like, just don't show up. But they're not gonna do it, you know. So that's yeah. the that's the problem. They're they're addicted to it, and that's I mean, in a way, I'll say that's fine if mm-hmm. you you like watching football and you don't really you know, and you say you know what, I'm there to support the team regardless. The Glazers are gonna do what they're gonna do. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about any of this shit. I just want to watch a game of football with my child and my son. Maybe if you want to do that, fine, do that. That's totally up to you. But mm-hmm. then don't come back later and say, "Hey, I'm gonna protest because they didn't buy me my shiny new toy." Right. Anyway, um, let's jump over to Chelsea, man. Uh, Chelsea won six nothing, but prior to they lost uh, to Real Madrid three um, one. We lost. We lost to Brentford, and then. After that, we thought we were gonna, you know, go in and do some things. I was actually very, I was optimistic for this game, and I was like, this was the reaction that we needed, and we gotta come in and do what we need to do. But bro, we just we fell flat, man. And because of uh, this, I don't know what was going. I don't know if it's TT I gotta blame for this or what was what was really going on. But in this game, he started off with uh. Uh, what do you call it? A back five, I believe. Mm-hmm. And but there's no Alonso. You didn't play Alonso in the back five. You had you had Reese James. You also had uh, um, Aspilicueta on the left side, and mm-hmm. then on the on the right side you had Christensen, Rudiger, and Tia, uh, 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 Christensen on the right, and then the middle center back was Thiago, and the left center back was Rudiger. All of them had a bad game. <laughs> huh. All, All of them. them had a bad game. Um, I don't know if they forgot that uh, Benzema is is like a flight cat in the air, <laughs> but nobody realized that they had to mark Benzema when it came to time for heading. It was so bad, man. It was so bad. I was disappointed at first when I saw the first the starting lineup. I was like, why isn't... Uh, this was a game I was like, okay, we should put Alonso, you know? Should have put yeah. we should have put Alonso in this game. As well, we should have played um, what do you call it? Kovacic. Kovacic was missing in the midfield. And I was like, what's going on, man? And by the time before we knew it, um, I think it was like the twenty something minute, Benzema came in two goals right at the span. We didn't lose to Real Madrid. We lost to Benzema, man. <laughs> we lost to yeah. Benzema. He was yeah. just he was on fire, man. He was on smoke, and he just and he for like the past like two three games, man. And he just yeah. came out of nowhere and did that. It was just like, wow, bro, wow. But, I, I will I will say though, like you're mentioning Benzema, um, but you're forgetting like how does he get these goals? Who is in the yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously the team that. But bro, if you think if there was another if there was another person there that wasn't Benzema, do you really think they would have scored three goals? Well, maybe not the first goal, but the other two yeah. came from one a press and a goalkeeper error from uh, Mendy, which yeah, in the mo- in the modern in the modern game everybody presses now. So 
yeah, mean, except Mendy, Cristiano Mendy, Ronaldo. We were we were also having a conversation about this on the group chat. Mendy needs to chill out on that, man. Like he did that in Brentford too, and that yeah. caused another but, but mistake. I, and I was, he, he's got to realize, man. You're not. You got to play your role. You got to play your yeah. role. You're not Edison. You're not Allison. You're not either of them. You're good at what you do. You're very good at it. But you don't need to force yourself to do these things. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I will, I will say, I will say, how many of that is Mandy's fault and how many of that is actually because of the way they coached them, right? Modern, yeah. modern, modern day football asks the goalkeeper to be technically gifted and be able to play make whenever the opportunity comes. So, for example, if that was David De Gea, the reason why David De Gea is not playing with uh, the Spanish national team is because he's not good. He's not very, he's not elite with his feet, right? Yeah. So what does that mean? When David De Gea would see that opportunity, you know what David De Gea would do? He, he would boot it up. Either he would stay in the box or he would boot it out. If he comes yeah. out, he's smashing it. He doesn't care where he puts it. He smashes it. From yeah. me as a coach, I look at that and I'm saying, fantastic job, David. Great job. We live to fight another day, right? Exactly. But exactly. an elite, yeah, an elite coach, Tuchel, mm-hmm. Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp will ask him, bro, you just smashed it. You gave them the initiative. Now they're going to run the ball back at us. And the chance of them to score has increased by 0.5%. I don't know. I'm making those numbers up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but, but then, um, uh, Alucise, the Senegalese coach would yeah. tell Mendy, great job. You smashed it out. Thank you. Because when he yeah. plays with Senegal, Senegal don't ask him to be, you know, playing beautiful, sexy football out the back. Only right, when right. necessary, right? Mm-hmm. So how many of it is that the goal? Like, look, Mendy's at fault. I'm not saying Tuko's at fault here or anything. But I'm just telling you guys, like, football is so changed now. They don't mm-hmm. want the goal he's throwing the ball away. They want them yeah. to keep it in play because they feel they have the best opportunity to score when mm-hmm. they keep it in play. Absolutely. Right? I agree. I agree. Um, this is, that's actually a very good point. And uh, Mendy, Mendy has been good, you know, but then eventually he's been shaky, actually, since he came back from uh, international break. Uh, yeah. But he's been really shaky. Um, but he should learn from this. Obviously, now you're going into, like, the second leg tomorrow. He should definitely learn from this because there is very little to minimum percentage of fucking mistakes in this game. Like you can't make any mistakes. You do that probably ends it for you in this in this in this tournament. Um, but uh, besides Mandy, everyone was like, I don't know what was going on. Maybe Christensen has his head in Barcelona. Rudiger with that with with not getting his contract sorted. Tiago even like it was just a ray of like bullshit. I was like, what am I watching here? And a few times too, like we were cut, we were cut so much on the counter in the first half. I was just like, we need to, we need to find a way and just stabilize this, man. Because like it that was basically what it was. If they keep breaking on counters, they have the pace right now to beat us, especially if they go to the right side. And um, I don't know who was in the right exactly, but they were like having a, a field day with Aspie. <laughs> like they were having a, a fun day with Aspie. And then um but it was it, it just came down to like I couldn't understand why we were playing 
the three five two or maybe the three the three um the three four three without if if you're gonna do that then play Aspie in the right side don't play him in the left that's not his spot right uh that these are not these are not areas that he's been balanced at like mm-hmm. yes maybe yeah. he plays there like once in a while but yeah. you still gotta play him at the, at the at the position that he's key at you know I just but, wanna add- I just want to add something though, real quick to this. So you guys always, I, every time we come on here, you're always criticizing uh, what they call him. Um, uh, you're criticizing, uh, you know, Alonso, and I hear things like Alonso, and he did this, <laughs> and he's terrible, blah blah blah. Now you guys are asking, hey, play Alonso? What the yeah, hell? Because, you because know? If you're if you're if you're going to play the three four three, you need your wing back, man. You need. No, I, I know, but I know what you're saying, but. Every time I hear it, you know, you got to pick your poison, right? Like, you know, it's it, either you have Alonso on the pitch and he looks shaky positional-wise when, you know, tracking back on his defensive side, um, you know, or you have safety first Aspliqueta who comes in and, um, you know, he supposedly should help uh, the defensive shape when uh, let's say um, uh, I almost said Hamas, but when when Reese James uh, is going up up on you know going forward, bombing forward, uh, yeah. maybe will help you know uh, give you guys much more of a solid backline, and yeah, yeah. and maybe and maybe think what Tuchel is thinking. He's thinking of Benzema, and he's thinking of you know guys like. Um, uh, who was on the who plays on the right now for them? I can't remember who was on the right, but you know he has you know tricky wingers who can Vin- absolutely. Vinicius, eh? Yeah, Vinicius was on the left though, but you have uh, tricky wingers from um, Ancelotti's side that can do damage to your to your uh, uh, to the defensive side of the game. So maybe that's right. why Aspliqueta is playing rather than Alonso, like you guys always cry about. So I don't get I mean, it, man. Like, like- <laughs> I, you know, obviously, I'm gonna. Sometimes I'm gonna. I'm gonna criticize you based on how you play. You know what I mean? Like, but Alonso hasn't been that bad. Like, he has not been that bad. So, like, I haven't been criticizing him a lot, right? I just said if you're gonna play that three-five-three, you should go. You, you, you also uh, or the three-four-three, not a three-five-three, because <laughs> you have too many players in the field. But uh, you should, yeah. <laughs> Three four the three four three. Then you should introduce your wing back. Don't try to don't try to switch it because you still have three center backs that are there with you mm-hmm. that are gonna come mm-hmm. back and, and solidify the pace. Right now, one thing I've noticed in this in in Chelsea, whenever Reese James comes back, we love it. We love it so much that every ball must go through Reese James which mm. exponentially weakens the other side. So when it goes to the other side to play, they can't play football. It's like they're just dancers. They don't they don't know what the hell is going on. The thing I saw in this game was Jorginho slow when moving the ball, Rudiger extremely slow when moving the ball, and he was a lot in the midfield. If Rudiger had that ball, he should be trying to square to the left side, not trying to look for Reese James right away, because Real Madrid knows you're trying to go to Real. You're going to you're trying to go to Reese every single time, every single time you play the ball there. Reese will have like two men on him easily, easily. But if you played it to the left, 
the threat is is the Real Madrid is probably thinking it's a less threat on the left side. So if we if they play to the left, we don't have to worry that much. But if you play it on the right, Reese James is a danger man, right? But you can't always play the ball to the right. Every single ball they played went to the right side where Reese James was at, and then looking for Reese James to do something. Luckily, Jorginho found a way, swung that ball in. Havertz got that header. It was two one. That gives us a little bit of a hope heading into like the tight into the tight tomorrow. But we have to do our job, man. And and I'm just gonna go away from like the Real Madrid, the Real Madrid and, and uh, Chelsea game this weekend where we beat Southampton six zero. Timo Werner was playing right. In, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I have something about that. But anyway, yeah, keep going. Timo Werner was playing. Now, if you look, if you if you if you rewind back to when we beat Real Madrid last season, Timo was key. He was very key yeah. to that to the to the to the to the to the usurping of of Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Um, because he's too fast, man. He's quick as hell. He yeah. came in in Southampton, and in in two three minutes he. In two minutes, between two between a minute or two, he hit the post twice. He's very unlucky. He's very unlucky. But what he does is, one team was on that pitch, they know, like, bro, um, if 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 I can't cover this guy, this guy's gonna pass me. So that brings yeah. another area of a threat to to the to the Chelsea team. Now, if you play, say what what uh, what they did last uh, last season. Was they played Timo, they played Havertz, they played Mount, and then they played uh, who else? Pulisic as well was there, right? So if you play all these guys, like that should be like kind of your blueprint to kind of like go ahead and take the game to them. In the second half, Tuku decided to go to a four-three-three, right? Which in my in my in my honest opinion, I think he should have started with a four-three-three. It gave us way more stability. Plus, you're not playing Alonso, so you might as well just go with that. Go with the four three three, right? I I would I would I would I would um I just want to say something before you start going on a tangent. Uh, but I I wanna I wanna really call out that uh, Warner piece because I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the last po- last podcast. Well, not the last one that uh, we did with the uh nations so world cup but uh mm-hmm. the one we did on on uh chelsea losing 4-1 and i i think what i said was i, I can't really remember but i said something around familiarity like what Tuku needs to get back to against real madrid is familiarity he needs to yeah. go back to what worked 3-4-3 classic 3-4-3 with your bombing win backs whether you mm-hmm. like it or not whether you don't like alonso whether you want to change it to 4-3-3 I'm just saying he needs to go back to that because yeah. and, and and the right personnel for that because mm-hmm. um you know that is that is that is the Chelsea blueprint. I think yeah. when you guys do this 4-3-3 crap um you know you packed the midfield last the time you f- uh, faced uh, Real Madrid you played um uh three midfielders it didn't work anything. Um I'm just saying with with Timo Werner on this on the pitch um, Kai Havers on the other side, uh, Mason Mount on the other side. You put these guys into a position where they're familiar, and they and and they um, 
uh, thrive on because they they understand that system. They understand you know positionally where they they need to be. Um, yeah. Maybe it might be a lot for your midfield, but I I think I honestly think against Real Madrid, you guys can get away with having uh, just two midfielders and then having and and overloading them. Um, you know, uh, as much as possible on the on the wing side, like having the, your your wing backs bomb it up and down, and Kai Havertz and Mason Mount uh, supporting that way, or maybe Pulisic. I don't know, whoever, right? But like, just go back to that. Not this four three three this and three five two this and all this stuff. Just go simplify it. Go back to what was worked for you guys. Because um, that's what gave you success against Real Madrid this time. What has changed about Real Madrid this year? Oh, they have um, uh, what is it? Is it a different manager? They have a, a different manager this year. Uh, is that why? Right? Like, just trust, trust your system because I think you guys have it. It's just a matter of doing that. And and honestly, if not for that Edward Man- Mendy mistake, you guys probably would have tied the game two uh, two. Uh, uh, yeah. Lukaku missed Lukaku missed an Edward Mendy mistake, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You guys, you know, you guys would have tied the game two two, right? Uh-huh. But then that mistake, those two mistakes cost you guys uh, a win. Um yeah. and, and I mean, no, those those two those two mistakes cost you guys the tie. Yeah. But you guys still have the benefit of no away, no away goals rule, so yeah. you can get away with. You know, scoring two goals in Real in in Madrid, and the game changes, um, mm-hmm. and, and and winning by winning by two without really, um, uh, worried about the away away goals rules, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's still chances for you guys to come back. So I keep saying it, go back to familiarity. But anyway, you you carry on with your your piece. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. You know, go back to familiar uh, territory. Because that'll guarantee us um, a more solidarity and in, in believing what our identity is, right? Um, if we do that now, basically we just move away from from that from that uh, from that game. Even though like there were some uh, some crazy and very nice uh, chances that we had, you know, Aspie, but Courtois, that snake. <laughs> um, um, and then Ziek, Ziek's got to really like lean into the ball when he's taking a shot. He pulls his back way too much, man. And then the ball just flies over the bar. Like if he had kept that down, that's going like bar down inside the net. And then Lukaku's chance as well. So we need to like we need to work on like burying these chances. Like tomorrow when com- when the game comes, when push comes to shove, there's no excuses, man. Like this has to happen, and Werner has to play. Even though I get it, like he plays good against Southampton and blah blah blah, Werner is still a good player that still has a lot to offer. He, if we play him on the pitch and he goes in the way that he went against Southampton, there's gonna be problems for Real Madrid, man, mm-hmm. big problems. And we mm-hmm. can't we can't like shy away from from what we need to do in this game. Kante and Kova need to be on that pitch. Mounts needs to be on that pitch. You know what I mean? As well as Werner, Havertz. I'll maybe take um I don't Pulisic kind of pissed me off. Like he had that that first couple, that first chance in the beginning. And then after that, he started to try and do too much when they scored the goal. And then things just did not work the way 
it he was expecting it, it he was expecting it to try to drive through and you know take these guys but obviously they're putting legs on you so you're not going anywhere pretty much right so um he kind of he kind of pissed me off but if he finds himself again and he was kind of like the dullest player in the Southampton game so I would say maybe just put him on the put him on the bench if you need him in the in the second half tomorrow then you bring him on but for now I think he needs to just sit on the bench and just watch watch what happens tomorrow and um Werner maybe he could be the guy imagine if Werner comes and scores four goals tomorrow <laughs> they were yeah. talking about they were talking about it on a on a on a Chelsea uh, fan page uh, what do you call it uh, YouTube and yeah. they're like man what a way to restart your whole season like with a four goal against Real Madrid and they say this is where his Chelsea career started <laughs> <laughs> but, but but yeah that's, but yeah uh, who, that's who, so, much, who, pretty much what it is. Yeah, who do you so? What is it gonna be the score tomorrow then? What what are we gonna be looking at? Ah, uh, tomorrow is, is we're praying for a miracle, but hopefully Chelsea take it. Uh, it might go to it might go to to penalties, man. If we tie that game up, it's it's looking like it might be penalties, but hopefully it's not. And I hope Chelsea beat Real Madrid, give them their comeuppance. But I I good. think I. I think I think Real has a goal in them. Um, they have a they have a goal in them, but it depends on what Ancelotti does. Like honestly, yeah. if Ancelotti really plans to sit back, I don't know if that would be the best idea. Uh, um, I'm, I think uh, Militao is out, and Nacho is yeah. going to be playing. Um, yeah, yeah. So the the only good news I'll say for you guys is uh, Lukaku is out, so <laughs> you guys don't have to think about that guy. But um, yeah. anyway. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to, how to call this one. I think Real Madrid has this game. Um, you know, as much as, honestly, I think Chelsea could potentially come back, I think Real has this in the bag. I think they're going to probably tie it like 1-1 or 2-2 or something and um, frustrate you guys and, you know, they'll be all the way through to the, to the next round. So. The card, the card is all on their table, but the thing is we can't play, we can't play poker with them without bluffing. Now we have to just go for it, man. You know. Yeah, it's you gotta. Good. Yeah, you gotta go for it. I mean, yeah. anything could happen. I just think it's a tie. I have a feeling Ancelotti would do some nasty stuff and just put in some guys there to really make um, you guys' life a living hell. Yeah. Um, anyway, that should be yeah. that should be one of the things they talk about in the dressing room. When we need to suffer, we suffer and we suffer together. But yeah. be okay because yeah. you know suffering is part of it. Because in the end. We suffer and we aim for joy after, man. Let's yeah, see. No, Up to Chelsea, man. Up to Chelsea. Let's see what we'll, we can do. If, yeah, we can we'll pull, if we can pull this off, then, you know, like Tuko says, it's going to take a miracle. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it, 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 yeah. he actually he actually pissed me off. But in the big in the in the end of the at the end of the game in the pre, in the post match yeah, conference, he, he, he said, said no. He said the tie is not alive, and I was like, "What kind of Chelsea manager are you, bro?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually, we're we're here saying, you know, like it's happened. Yes, we get it, but doesn't mean that it can be overturned. You know, anything mm-hmm. can happen. This is football, but for him to go and say the tie is 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 not alive, I was like, "Wow, Toko, that was not yeah. not something I really wanted to hear from my manager right now." But then he came and kind of rectified himself and said, you know, to take a miracle to do it is possible, you know, but we 
we that we need to play at in order to do it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it might be it might be some classic mind games, but we'll see. Obviously the boys are gonna be working hard to uh get the results. Uh, yeah. but you'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um uh big weekend anyway. Um Liverpool City against Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. What a game. Those guys Jesus. Those guys have played two in, two instant classics the last couple of times they've met. Um yeah. And obviously, by far the best English teams um, in the con- in the country uh, right, right now. now. Right now, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there that, there was this comment though that came up um, where uh, I think it was Jamie Carragher that was saying, "Oh yeah, that they have the best rivalry against each yeah. other." Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like blowing steam. Personally, I don't know. Like, I don't. I'm, it didn't bother me that much. I mean, People like to argue for no reason, right? Like it didn't bother me that much, but I don't. I'm like, it's not the best rivalry. Like there's been better rivalries, but yeah. I think I think from a footballing perspective, uh, it's a very um, it's a very beautiful rivalry. Rivalry on the pitch, like it's yeah. fun to watch. It's not like the classic rivalries where they they are rivals, so they will play the occasion. They will they would uh, they will tie zero zero because of how like they, they don't want to lose the game so bad, right? Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, but anyway, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? When, um, when Lord Jamie Karaha, you know, <laughs> made that comment? Um, I just think, yeah, just like you said, uh, basically it's not, uh, it's not like the best one, but like, I, I think it's like from a football aspect, aspect is very entertaining and it's a lot of love. Like you can tell, like, it's, it, it's like, it's like. Um, what is what is it? All is fair in love and war. Um, yeah. basically, Pep really respects Klopp, and Klopp really respects Pep. So that just adds into it like so crazy because they just know, like, hey, when we're playing each other, like we know we're trying to win. <laughs> so it just makes yeah. it really, really entertaining. But what a game it was, man! It was a really good game right from the from the first to the 90 was just so exhilarating. You just felt like one person would take it, but then eventually it just end, ends in a tie. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, KDB, it was, it was re- Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, K- KDB with that with that shot. Like, I, I wasn't even expecting him to shoot that. He just went out of nowhere and just, like, clocked that. And then... The deflection just gave him gave the way that ball hit the inside post and just bounced in. Then right after that, you had uh, Diego Jota, but Trent Alexander Arnold basically just creating like that beautiful chance from Robertson after he sends the ball through the cross from the left side into the back. Then Trent knows that he's way above like any any way to score that goal, so he just heads it back into an area, and then Diego Jota just sends it underneath uh, Edison. Then right after that, you have Jao Cancelo swinging the ball in and freaking Gabriel Jesus just coming in and just, like, tapping it. But Trent, Trent's been at fault over there for that. He should have, yeah. like, he, he should have been watching and knowing, hey, this guy is going to fly in here. And he was, like, way out. Like, Gabriel Jesus was way out. So when Cancelo sent that ball, like, he was nowhere near outside. Yeah. And after that... Trent, Mohamed Salah, 
and this was right after like halftime. It was two one cities up right after halftime. Then all of a sudden you have Trent sending the ball to Salah. Salah sending the ball over to Manny and it's already inside the box and Manny just like puts it in, tapping. Like oh. it was a good game, man. A very good game. Uh, uh, City were well um, up for the for the game and I think they were they were definitely the ones who should have won it because they had like majority of the clear cut chances. Nice. Um, even that Riyad Mahrez goal, even though they say offside, I think VAR still needs to define this thing. Where are they calling an an offside with with somebody's arm? You know, you can't score a goal with your arm, right? And uh, basically, and what a goal it was too, man! That was beautiful. Like the I whole always, play, I, the whole play I, leading up to that. Yeah, I always say that offside is, in my opinion, should be anything that gives you about uh, you know, maybe thirty plus percentage of your body part yeah uh, that's ahead now yeah. that's that could be very wrong too because you know um it's it could give, still give uh, a hefty advantage to the forward so i don't know maybe even shortened to maybe 20 percent or maybe 15 percent of your body part if, if anything 15 percent of your body part or more is mm-hmm. um you know ahead then sure but with VAR, people will complain. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know the answer. Um, uh, or, or maybe may, maybe not the body part, maybe your torso, because if your your torso has to be moving forward, right? So if mm-hmm. it's, you know, plus 15% of your torso, not your arm, um, right. you know. But who knows, man? Who knows? I don't know. That's, a, that's, that's not an easy decision to, um, to make, in my opinion. Right. But yeah, it, it's um yeah, city city has oh hello Vic, did we lose you? Vic. Hello, sorry you cut out, yeah. buddy. But yeah, you I were, cut out you there were, for a second. Yeah, you were saying yeah, yeah. city has had majority of which? Yeah, city had majority of the chances, so um, even the even the final the final chance where it was like pretty much like Riyad Mahrez got the ball and yeah. everything the De Bruyne just played this silky nice ball and it found Mahrez. They were breaking on a two on one. I still feel like Mahrez should have kind of like laid it off to the person mm-hmm. on the left, but he just waited and waited and then he faked it. He faked Allison out and just like he chipped it, but the ball just went over the net. If if that ball had gone less power that would have been a goal and that would have ended it for them yeah i think um i think Myers chose the right decision he played um you know he did the right thing uh the only thing i would just say is just you know it just didn't come off because yeah. allison um allison is very good going down like every single time that you're on a breakaway with him yeah he's very he's very good going down except for obviously that sterling Offside goal that was ruled yeah. off offside. Uh, he usually is very good at saving those. So, mm-hmm. um, Mares chose made the right choice. He just yeah. didn't execute properly. Uh, that right. was just what he was. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, those uh, the keepers had a, a, a lot of good saves too, man. It was actually yeah. I I missed um saves. yeah I mi- I missed this part where uh, uh, Ederson basically passed the ball off the off his line. 
Yeah. Um, and I yeah. ended up, yeah, I ended up seeing pictures uh, of that. I'm like, this guy is a psychopath, man. He just, mm-hmm. you know, so calm. And you, I think it was either Jota that was like lunging in to try to win the ball. Mm-hmm. And Edison is just like, you know, it's like he's uh, drinking beer while he's uh, playing football. Edison's yeah. not such a good goalie, man. Like, he really is such a good goalie. You, you don't find goalies like this. You know, Allison, mm-hmm. Allison is very dodgy with his feet. I know people, Liverpool fans will start talking things about Allison, but Edison as a goalkeeper is just mint. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Cancelo. So prior to this, I think there was an argument uh, on the group chat the other day that, okay, um, who is the best uh, City player? Now, this you season. said Jao, you said Jao Cancelo. Yeah, I Sorry? said Jao. It, it was who is the best player, who is the best City player this season? And who's okay. the most who's the most effective, right? And I okay. said I said I said Cancelo, right? Mm. But the guys didn't uh obviously we know Kevin De Bruyne is also like the best player in, in City, like if you're talking years, years in, right? But I think this season is actually Cancelo, right? So mm. but yet again, the those two are the ones involved in the goals. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think I think this season you can either go either way. I I would always say Kevin De Bruyne because well, I think Kevin De Bruyne is the best player. Um, it's not his his name is not Kevin De Bruyne. It's Heaven De Bruyne, bro. Heaven, Heaven De Bruyne. Yeah, I think he's the best. I think he's the best. He's the best player, uh, hands down, right now mm-hmm. in the world. Um, in the I world. Know, wow. Yeah. I know every I know everybody likes to say this messy this nonsense and uh whoever that whoever that comes up their mind that uh, tomorrow, but I actually really believe Kevin De Bruyne is the best player. The only problem with Kevin De Bruyne mm-hmm. is injuries. He he yeah. gets these like three month uh or, or not not three months, sorry, out of a season, you know, how how long is the season? Nine months, he gets yeah. he gets he's missing for one third of the season. Yeah, and because of that, people don't get to see that level of consistency with him. Another thing too, as well, is Pep Guardiola manages the hell out of his minutes, which is a yeah. good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing, yeah. but because of that, people don't get to see him as much as they should see him. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, you know, Messi, you can't drop Messi for, you know, more more than two games. He will yeah. he'll be losing his shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. And Messi doesn't get injured that often. So mm-hmm. you're always going to see Messi out on the pitch. Um, yeah. This season, uh, it would be stupid. Everybody's calling for Benzema, Ballon d'Or sh- uh, shouts. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Benzema. I just want to wait for the season to end. But I'm yeah. telling you now, hands down, uh, Kevin De Bruyne is, in my opinion, the best footballer right now uh, on the planet. Um and people can argue about it. You can say whatever is an opinion, but I think from what I've seen, he by far he just tops everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, uh, it was un- unfortunate that City didn't win that Champions League. Thank God they didn't win it, by the way. But uh, it was unfortunate <laughs> because if they had won that thing, the shouts yeah. would have been drowning of uh-huh. Kevin De Bruyne becoming the the being named the best player of the year. Um, oh, yeah. And I think, and I think he would have, po- he would have popped Messi to win it. I think he would have. Yeah, if he, yeah, had he won he, that Champions League, he, he would have won it. He would have won. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. So, but regardless, anyway, I think he's the best player, 
hands down. People will argue with me. People will cry about it. People will say I'm wrong, and that's fair. You know, everybody has their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't really believe anyway in best players or any of that. I just think, you know, you still need a team because Kevin De Bruyne can defend. You know, mm-hmm. and Ken, Kevin De Bruyne can score the goals and create all the goals. He also needs yeah. people around him to do work. So. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, City's second best player is definitely Jao Cancelo. I love Jao Cancelo, man. I yeah. followed that guy's career from Valencia all the way to uh, Juventus. Uh, even mm-hmm. his loan spell, which a lot of people don't mention at Inter. Um, yeah, you know, when I played, when I used to play FIFA, uh, Jao Cancelo was like number one on my list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people. People forget these players. Uh, uh, they for, they forget them real quick uh, because mm-hmm. you know be, 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 uh, because um, you know they have their own favorites. But uh, Jao Cancelo, in my opinion, is the second best City player this season. I think he can. I, he may even be the best. I'm not sure. It's between the two, right? But mm-hmm. you know, I just love the way he plays, man. Fuck, like mm-hmm. I wish I. <laughs> I wish I had 50% of the skills that this guy has, man. Like, mm-hmm. just the comfortability going up front. And then the things he did to freaking Trent Alexander-Arnold. Oh, was, my God. Trent, Trent, Trent was twerking, man. Trent was twerking. Yeah, the things he did to him, bro. Like, I was just like, there's no freaking way. There's no way this guy is doing what he's doing to um uh, to, a fe- to a fellow fellow fullback. To a fellow fullback, yeah. He was just messing him up. And um yeah, he's a he's a um uh, he's a phenomenal he's a phenomenal player. Phenomenal, phenomenal player. And I think that you know, so United uh were actually apparently in for John Cancelo back in the day. Yeah. And uh they didn't get him. Um, which obviously they, they didn't treat him like, oh yeah, this is the kind of player that we need or anything. They just sort of like, you know, they just wanted want... him. No, no, no. It's not they wanted him. It's, they wanted him, but then they weren't willing to like make the effort to 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 go for him. Mm-hmm. And stupid ass Juventus traded Danilo. Yeah, Danilo for job. Are you kidding? What what the hell were they smoking in Juve? Anyway, that's a whole <laughs> other segment. That's a whole other thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Jocanto is a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, cool man. Yeah, we're running out of time. But last few, couple of things, uh, real quick. Ten Hag uh, to Manchester United. I know we kind of touched on that, but uh, apparently Ten Hag is asking for his high demand from Manchester United. Uh, you know what he wants, and he wants full hundred percent on a lot of things with uh, Manchester United. Yeah, and it turns out. It turns out that um, the club is agreeing to all these things. Whether these things come up um, as a thing or not, I don't know. But um, I don't know what what do you what do you think about that when you hear oh Ten Hag uh, is asking from all these uh, for asking for a lot of like okay what what are these things he's asking for? He's asking for like you know uh, being hundred percent on. Um, I mean, these are the rumors. I mean, Fabrizio is going out there saying his stuff, but he's asking for hundred percent. All the decisions being made with signings, uh, obviously recruitment, yeah. um, and you know getting rid of players and all that stuff. But what, what when you hear that kind of stuff, what do you what do you what are you thinking? 
he's thinking that the board is shit and they they won't do what <laughs> what uh, needs to be done in order to guarantee success. So he's mm-hmm. basically pushing him. He's 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 basically taking the initiative to tell the board, hey, you can't fuck around. If I come there, if I come there and I want something done, you have to get it done. It's not yeah. it's not a it's not it's not a matter of of an option. It's it's a it's a demand, and this is where it goes. You know, this is the yeah. deal breaker. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's that's spot on because you know he's like, hey, you you haven't helped the other the other managers out. What yeah. I'm asking for is at least to get some sort of help. Not when I get in there, the next minute, uh, oh, I can't drop Harry Maguire because he cost 80 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Or, which I, I don't think this is the, the thing you're telling them anyway, but maybe it is. Maybe we don't know. But I always find it so odd. He probably did, he probably did his research. Maybe Ragnick already got in contact with him and just told him, hey, buddy, so, you know, if you're coming here, this place is already on fire. And we kind of just need to put this fire away. And uh, this is is how it might be better if you ask for these things, because it might actually choose to be beneficial to what we need to do in order to get this uh, club back on track. Yeah. uh, And then, and then uh, I I think, I think he's right to do that. He has, obviously has every right to do it. Um, If this was Pochettino right now, Pochettino would have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already going to buy a house in, uh, Cheshire, you know, or something yeah. like, and then, you, and, and yeah. then uh, I'm also hearing that uh, Rub- uh, Robin Van Persie is going to be his assistant. Yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that too, uh, but I don't know. So they they're saying Robin Robin Van Persie is open to leaving his current club uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, becoming his assistant uh, at Manchester United. I personally would like Rene Mullenstein. Um, I don't know if you you guys have heard of him, but Rene Mullenstein used to be one of the assistant coaches under Alex Ferguson, and he was actually one of the few ones who taught Ronaldo how to think without the football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ronaldo always used to say, "Oh, why are you always doing you know this play with one touch or two touch and all this stuff?" And you know, he said, "Well, you know, you've got Paul Scholes on your team. You know, if you're going to be trying to run with the ball, do all these crazy things, do you know how long it's going to take you to get to the end of the?" The, the final the third, yeah. yeah, versus when you have a guy like Paul Scholes who would just, you know, deliver you good footballs and mm-hmm. get you there with your speed and your pace, you're in the final third, Paul Scholes finds you, bang, you smash a goal. So, yeah. Renan Bornstein, actually, he actually was, funny enough, he was on the Stratford Paddock, which um, I listened to one of their podcasts and um, their shows and very, very phenomenal in my opinion one of the best uh assistant uh technical coaches for manchester united and um if that's the guy that i want that's that's the dude that i want uh to uh uh to assist but i mean i don't give a frick man it's all yeah if ten hag wants anybody let him get it in fact uh, there's this rumor, right? Well, not rumor. Somebody was saying uh, United should get Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony from Brentford, and I absolutely think we shouldn't get Ivan Tony for Brentford. So uh, I'm doing this courtesy of uh, Akinde because um, I actually I've been talking about Andrea Bellotti. If you guys have heard last season, I mentioned Andrea Bellotti. I'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly pl- plug Andrea Bellotti here. Now, here's the thing: Ivan Tony is a Brentford player. He already plays in the Premier League. But I tell you, he's not Manchester United quality. In fact, 
He plays in a system. If any person watches that Brentford team, Brentford played in a, in a very in a very um in a system that goes through that feeds Ivan. It's all yeah. about Ivan, right? Mm -hmm. You come to a team like Manchester United, and maybe under Ten Hag, it may be different. But I actually think Ten Hag would not be. Uh, uh, Ten Hag may may get a system that feeds, you know, Ivan. It may get a system that feeds the striker Ronaldo. It may get whoever, right? It may it may it may be a system that fits whoever. But my thing is, at United, there are so many playmakers and so many guys that want the ball, that want that that want the ball on their feet. They want to they want to create. They want to make something happen. Mm -hmm. um, if a guy like Ivan Tony comes to to Manchester United, he will be frustrated because, you know, he's not going to get a lot of the football to feed. He's not going to get a lot of that. And then the other thing a lot of people don't think about is how do Manchester United play? Manchester United play – I mean, sorry, how do other teams play against Manchester United? There's two ways you play against Manchester United. A full-on high press or uh, park the bus. Like, go all out, low block, park the bus, right? Mm -hmm. So, Ivan Tony. Playing in Brentford, where he, there's opportunities for counterattacks, there's opportunities to do stuff, there's things like that. Well, what I'm saying, Belotti, on the other hand, um, I think will be perfect. Is actually Belotti has more dimensions to his game. The Belotti is, uh, uh, if any person watched Torino, he doesn't score a lot of goals. Why? Torino doesn't keep a lot of the football. They're a counterattack heavy team. They're not very good offensively. So Belotti is fighting for scraps. But because of that, his hold-up play is just very strong. He's very good. Mm -hmm. very difficult to shake off the ball. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's pressing. He's very aggressive with his pressing. I, I guess you can get that from Ivan Toni. But what I see from Ivan Toni, his, his hold-up play is, is, not, is not that great. Belotti mm -hmm. has better, better – um, uh, he has a better uh, 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 hold-up than uh, Ivan. And also, um, you know – He's used to pressing. He's used to falling deep into a low block. And also, he played for the Italian team, even though he didn't get a lot of minutes. And I think this was criminal because, for some reason, Roberto wanted to play Immobile, which I think Immobile is hit and miss. Yeah. But, you know, uh, um, he knows how to play on a team that is actually very attacking and can keep the ball. So, if everything Hack comes into the team, pushes obviously is going to push much more attacking style of play, much yeah. more... Um, advanced, you know, playing in the, the the opposition side and much more intelligent style of play, you're going to see uh, a guy like Belotti shine uh, on the United. Now, please, before I continue, I am only doing this as a comparison between the two. People said Ivan Toni. Ivan Toni is going to cost money. Andrea Belotti, I think he's on his final year of his contract. He wants to leave the club. He is cheap. It's too late, some people would say, for him to travel to England. Um, but I'm looking at it from a cheaper alternative for Cristiano Ronaldo's last season, right? Mm -hmm. The other options, which United – there are other options which I truly believe United should get. Not Jonathan Davids, like everybody keeps saying. I've, I've watched Jonathan Davids play for Canada. And I've watched him play um, in, in Europe against you guys, Chelsea. And, oh, my God, he – he was he was not hitting the mark, but maybe if United want to go for a striker, Darwin Nunes, I actually think he's a very good striker. You know, he's gonna cost us money, but I actually think he's a solid striker. The I other think striker, Chelsea, I think, Chelsea and Liverpool are in for him right now. 
Sure, sure. But I'm just I'm just throwing out names that of strikers that you know that in my opinion will be better fits than Belotti or or Tony. I'm just I just threw Belotti out there because somebody threw out Tony. I said just get Belotti. Then if you're gonna if you're gonna be fighting if you're gonna be saying get Ivan Tony, just invest in Belotti instead. He's he's cheaper, yeah. and in my opinion, I think he will be a very good uh, support mechanism for Ronaldo until Ronaldo finally leaves. And then you get yourself if you want a proper striker. But my own, what I'm trying to say is strikers right now are very expensive. Darwin Nunes, they're saying 80 million euros, 70, 80 million euros. Where are you going to find that type of money when you need, in my opinion, other positions that are high priority positions than that position you're looking for, right? The other thing too as well, if you say, okay, not Darwin Nunes, the other option is Victor Osimhen. 70 million to 80 million, easy. They're not Napoli, don't play around. They, you, you want our player, that's how much you gotta pay. Yeah, the other option who's the other option? Holland, Holland is not coming to United, he's probably going to City, he's going to Real Madrid. How much is it gonna cost? 75 million, you know, uh, uh euros or, or pounds. I don't know which, whichever it, it is that they're saying, but it's around 75 million. Uh, sorry, 75. Yeah, around 75 million euros or pounds. That's what they're saying for his uh, price tag, right? Mm-hmm. And and then what is the other option? If you don't want to get that guy, the other option is Lewandowski, but Lewandowski wants to go to Barca. Then what is the other option you got? If you don't have that uh, Harry Kane, how much is Daniel Levy asking for Harry Kane? 100 million plus. So who are you going to go for then, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I'm saying. So I say if we are looking for a cheaper alternative, if Antoni is the guy, forget if Antoni, just get Belotti. If not, yeah. if not, I, I those were not my first choice. Those are not the guys that I want to get. I'm just saying those are comparables, right? Mm-hmm. And one is cheaper. Get the one for cheaper so that you can actually invest in your midfield. You can actually invest in your defense, which I think are high-priority regions. Manchester United needs at least three midfielders not not th- not three as in max at least three midfielders maybe two holding midfielders and one box to box uh uh you know maybe that's that's what they need um but at least three midfielders in that position they need that and then also defensively Manchester United in my opinion needs two center backs um and uh and if it were me if if I could, you know, recruit and, you know, if you have the opportunity to recruit, I would get two fullbacks while I'm at it. Seriously. Two fullbacks. Sell one exactly if you can. Get rid of Tellez or Shaw, one of the other. Um, mm-hmm. I might get rid of Shaw. But Tellez, in fact, is not even that good anyway. Everybody, I hear people talk a lot of stuff about him. He's okay. He's an okay left back. But anyway, get, get two center backs and, if possible, two fullbacks if you can. But at least... Midfield and defense is what United need. Um, but we'll not get it. We'll go buy Christopher Nkunku. We'll go buy Darwin Nunes. We'll buy Declan Rice. We'll spend a lot of money on, on signings that we should be smart about and we should look mm-hmm. at how we allocate the funds, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't be smart about and then complain, you know, when, um, uh, uh, you know, those guys don't live up to their price tag or they don't right. perform. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Absolutely.
So that's what that's where I'm coming from. I don't. I'm not. When people, hear, you know, Twitter, Twitter is so bad because it's you only have a certain amount of words that you can play with. I'm mm -hmm. I'm not saying we should go get go buy Andrea Bellotti. I'm saying the guy probably is on a free or he's probably cheap. If you can get him for cheap, get him and then give yourself an alternative to the striking position, right? And then yeah. uh, in the meantime, all the funds that you save because people are not nobody. The problem with people, man, like Vic, man, the problem with people is people don't think like football first. They always think like, oh, what is the player that can work, you know, for the, you know, that's a Manchester United type player. No, 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 no. Yeah. This is why we're in this mess. Mm -hmm. But a player that is Manchester United player, mm -mm. good luck finding. People thought Pogba was Manchester United level, right? What about mm -hmm. Ronaldo? Ronaldo is Manchester United caliber, you know? Mm -hmm. And yes, Ronaldo's playing, you know, he's he's been kind of the best performer he's been one of the best performers from the uh, forward line but you know he hasn't pulled up trees right like he's doing yeah. well but he hasn't he is ha meaningless when there's nothing to show for it be mm -hmm. and it but then people keep forgetting that yes you have a guy like ronaldo but you don't you don't have a midfield that can support ronaldo you don't have a you don't have wings that support ronaldo even general sancho to be honest man like Fuck, the guy hasn't really been doing that great so far. I'm I'm happy with him. I, this is first season. The club is in turmoil. But sometimes I'm like, Jordan, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Pass the fucking mm -hmm. ball. Or maybe, you know, don't shoot there. Like, what are you doing, right? Right. There's, you know, but those guys aren't supporting him. And then you have the, you have the fullbacks that can't cross. How would you – okay, Despite all my 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 reservations about Ronaldo, how would you have a guy like Ronaldo and you don't have guys to cross the ball and put it up in his head? Mm -hmm. Seriously, watch the games. Where did the crosses go? Where did Tellus crosses go? Where did one one Bissaka, <laughs> one Bissaka? They call him Booker T now. But where did one Bissaka's like crosses go? Right, like shit like that. Right, like you have a guy like Ronaldo, you don't have any person to, to cross it, cross the ball to him. And this is what I'm saying, bro. Like. When you look at building a team, you should not be looking at, oh, I want the player that at Manchester United level. Okay, you bought Pogba then. How is Pogba working then for you, right? You lose mm -hmm. the football. He's not the one chasing it back to get it back. You need right. little things like guys like Ander Herrera. These guys are perfect for like the Manchester United, like, you know, for this team like Manchester United where you have – Guys who would grind out results. He's one of those players that will run you down. Remember the game. Like Ziad and I were talking about this. Remember the game where he locked down uh, yes. Eden Hazard, right? Yeah. Like you need those type of players that like are willing to sacrifice a certain part of the game to get results for the team. And yeah. people look, oh, okay, buy this player, buy this guy. No, 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 no. Buy this guy because he is a missing piece for what you're building. Don't mm -hmm. buy him because you he is a Manchester United player. Just buy him because he is a missing piece for what you want to build. Yeah. And until and until people understand how to properly build a team, they will never get this. You know, right. in the midfield, they, I'm hearing Lima now. I'm hearing all these guys. Get them. You know, Lima, Haidara, um, uh, Chouamini, uh, um, you know, Kamara. Whoever it is, get them. The guys that are not like, they're not. Their names are not quite out there. That everybody's like, oh, I know them. You know, get them and get, don't get them for like fifty million, like uh, Fred. 
get them for 25 million, for 20 million. Solid players that are intelligent that can do the work for you in midfield, you know, solid fullbacks that can do the work for you in, in fullback positions, and the rest is gravy. Like Hakimi, do you know how much Inter got Hakimi for? Do you know? How much what? How much Inter got Hakimi for? Inter. They got Hakimi for around 20 million, 20 to 25 million euros from, from Real Madrid. Yeah, right. Those yeah. are the, those are the, how we didn't get Hakimi. And Hakimi is actually a Manchester United fan. Go figure. Mm -hmm. He's a unit. They, uh, apparently, there was a story about, um, I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, what is that? Matt Judge or whatever. Who who they uh, uh they they brought Hakimi to him and he was like who is this again? He didn't even know who he was, and yeah. Hakimi, a guy who loves Manchester United, all of a freaking sudden he's like these guys don't fucking know what they're doing. How come yeah. you don't know who Hakimi is that was lighting up Borussia? How come mm -hmm. you don't know who he is? Anyway, so shit like that, man. Like when these guys are at that at the cusp of excellence. That's where you grab them. And hopefully Ragnick and whoever this deputy sport, or sporting director or whoever that could be will help us figure that out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool, man. Anyway, I'm hoping, man, the season's done for us, but I'm hoping they announce this Ten Hag deal soon. And, um, you know, <sighs> yeah, because honestly, bro, we're, we're thirsty, homie. We're really thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> look, we can look to better days. Oh man, like it's it's not, and and the guy's gonna need time. But fuck, I just want to see. Like, I don't care if we get pumped, man. I just want to see some beautiful ass football, bro. Mm -hmm. Some real beautiful football. That's what I want to see. And and I think in time he will figure it out. But we just need. Mm -hmm. We just. I just want to see some good football. I just want to be able to watch my team. I want to be able to wake up five thirty in the morning. To not to a United game and not regret uh, losing sleep, you know. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, absolutely cool beans, man. Anyway, the show has gone on, bro. We've we've hit, we're hitting past one thirty right now, but yeah, uh, yeah. Any any last thoughts? No, man. Just up to Chelsea tomorrow. We got a big job to do. Okay, man. Well, I'm calling a tie. You're calling a win. We'll see how it goes, bro. Yeah, let's see. All right. Well, that's the end of the show, guys. You can uh, follow us on Podcast CBF on Twitter. Under uh, mm -hmm. the handle, Uncle CB is the, the name that's been switched to it. Um, or Uncle CB on uh, Instagram, uh, spelled with a K, I think. Um, right. And Victor? You can find me at Victor underscore S-P-E-C. Uh, that goes for both sides in uh, Twitter and Instagram. And as I always, mostly use, I mostly use my Instagram, so you know. But you can also find me at Podcast CBF because I'm also controlling that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, and as always, guys, please, 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 don't send us any messages because we will not respond. Um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, if you send us anything, we'll we'll respond. We'll say what up. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good time, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yes, ciao.